the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to the Instructor Podcast. This is a show where I speak to leaders, experts, innovators and game changers to look at ways that we can help you improve your driving school business and potentially become an even more fantastic driving instructor than you already are. As always, I am your splendid host, Terry Cook, and I'm delighted to be here and even more delighted that you have chosen to listen. And as always, we've got a very excellent episode for you today with Robin Bates. Now, you may recognize Robin Bates right back from season one when he joined us and we had an excellent episode all around self-care. Bit of a different episode this time as we dive into audience growth, looking at how we can grow sort of YouTube channels and podcasts and Facebook posts. But before we dive into that, we kind of looked at the the confidence that's needed to actually do the first thing. So actually getting it started. So we look at the confidence and the audience growth. In this episode, you'll also find out that Robin makes a very special little pledge at the end of the episode to come back again in the future, talk about one specific thing. And I make a slight commitment around skydiving, so whatever you do, do not share this episode, do not tell anyone about this one. I do not want this one having any kind of significant numbers. Um, and yes, the sooner we can brush over the skydiving thing, the better. And just before we dive into the show, make sure you click and subscribe so this drops into your feed whenever a new episode drops because we are coming towards the end of season three of the instructor podcast so make sure that you're clicking subscribe now so all these episodes go in any bonus episodes go in and even when we come back for season four they drop straight into feed as well but for now let's dive into the show And this week on the Instructor Podcast, I am joined by the ever-delightful Robin Bates. How are we doing, Robin? Hello, Terry. Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks. You? Uh, all the better for being joined by your wonderful self, because uh, for those that don't know, uh, the Instructor Podcast has been going just over a year now, and there's, there's really there's three or four different types of shows within it. We've got the uh, short episodes, which we do, which is short lessons, where I go back to an old episode and take out five minutes of content, one of which was your recently from a previous episode you joined me on. I have the green room episodes where I dive into industry-specific topics, and there's the occasional bonus episode. And then there is this one, which is the granddaddy of them all, the Instructor Podcast regular episode where we speak to leaders, experts, innovators, and game changers. And that's a very long-winded way of saying this is the 50th one of those episodes, and hence... Woo! Yep. Hence why I asked uh, you to join us, because uh, as much as I am the mastermind behind this, uh, you are the mastermind behind me. I, <laughs> um, I sit in a black leather chair uh, <laughs> with ominous music and what. No, that's the quiz show. Sorry. You you are. I am the, uh, I'm going to say the Bond, but that won't work. I'm the pussycat to your Bond villain. <laughs> I was that's thinking, well, Magnus Magnusson. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go with that one. Uh, yeah. when I'll leave. I'll maybe tweak that when we edit the show. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I, I can sit here and stroke my. I'm not going to finish that sentence. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, so you were. There wouldn't be an instructor podcast without a Robin Bates. Uh, I obviously wanted to do it. I spoke about doing it for a while, and you were the person that really kind of pushed me into it made me do it, kicked me up the ass, shouted at me whilst also being nice to me. And uh, so, yes, everyone listening that enjoys the Instructor Podcast would also need to thank you. And that's why I chose to get you on for this 50th episode where we are going to be talking about audience growth, which seems highly appropriate. Yeah, well, you've done a smashing job of growing your audience. So yep. um, all you took was a bit of a shove to get going. You wanted to do it. And I just had to go, just fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we dive into that, uh, I like to ask everyone that comes on, uh, sort of which category they fit into. Because on on this podcast, I speak to experts, leaders, innovators, and game changers. Which one or ones of those do you think you fall into? That's such a hard question. It'll be all of them. <laughs> Why not be all of them? Um, uh, I'm an expert for sure. People come to me seeking my expert help. I have innovated over the years in the way that I work with clients and some of the gamification uh, elements that we've done. As my business has changed quite a lot over the years, you've been privy to some of that um, uh, and some of the approaches 
have been quite interesting and innovative. And in fact, we won an award, was it last year or the year before, for the in the I think it was the Greater London Business Awards for the most innovative personal development coach. See, I paid a lot of attention to it. I can't even remember <laughs> what we won. I won an award for being coach for my innovative in, 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 I can't even say innovative for my innovative <laughs> approaches to coaching because I'm not all robotic some more people are like oh you must do the thing um, you know very well that we're a bit freer and easier with our approaches and a variety of things I don't know where we're going with that sentence but I'm, apparently I'm going to still talk about it what were the other two categories game changer probably not a game changer maybe I'm not a game changer I think that's someone who's making drastic changes to the socially established ways of being and the paradigm shifters uh, i'm probably a little more safe than that um, what was the other one leader i think leader. yeah i'm a community leader um i lead my little troop of geeks um sometimes around the world i've spoken on stage in front of crowds of from three to three thousand people in various cities around the world. So yeah, I'll I'll take that one as well. I love that question. I love seeing people's different responses, uh, and, and I enjoyed that one. But speaking of your little uh, troop of geeks, do you want to tell us a little bit about your troop of geeks? And uh, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about you and, and culture for geeks. Sure. So uh, I'm Robin. I'm a trained coach who chose to work with with geeky types because growing up as a shy um introverted geeky type you know my best friend was my spectrum 48k plus um my bbc micro model b you've done them in the wrong order the bbc came first obviously let's get the timeline right or or the geeks will come for me <laughs> so they've been like the bbc and the specky and the Amiga in the SNES, and um, I never really developed my social skills particularly well. And as I've got older, I've figured out that I have uh, ADHD and dyspraxia and a variety of other neuro eccentricities that may have affected my social development as a kid. And as I got older, rather than developing those skills, I drank and did a lot of drugs. And that's not the way to get ahead in life, it turns out. And I've fell behind with my progress, um, my career, my relationships, a lot, a lot of things. It wasn't until um, I started, I knew that something had to change. And I got through work. Um, they couldn't afford to pay me more, so they sent me on a certificate in learning and development practice, which had a coaching component. And it was there that confidence started to grow and uh, my interest in professional development and personal development. And it, it, it all, it's all just escalated from that point, which would be about 10 years ago now. And that was the making of me. That was when I realised that I don't just have to be Things don't have to be the way they are just because of the, that's the way they've always been, that you can change, that you can grow, that you can develop, that you can become more. And so eventually trained within um, neuro-linguistic programming and coaching and internal eye movement therapy and cognitive behaviour therapy and all of these things and went, right, I should probably start a business then now that I've learned all this stuff. Um, and started as Robin Bates Life Coaching. Boring, no one cares. It wasn't until we became coaching for geeks that I just wanted to help other people like me not have to go through the miserable time that I'd been through. And if I could help just one person to get their life on track a bit sooner, then I would have done my job. And now I've done that for loads of people. Smashing. And we do that through. We've got our website, coachingforgeeks.com. We've got a free community on Facebook. Um, Coaching for Geeks, and we have a paid membership group, which is Coaching for Geeks Turbo, and that's for accountability and access to um, a bunch of training and support and co-working sessions uh, and group coaching. And it's dead good, and I love it. Um, 
and that's that's kind of in a in a very small nutshell because I could talk about I'm my favorite <laughs> subject now I could talk about me all night Harry um, well we both like talking about you but yeah probably best <laughs> bring it in a little bit um but it's it's interesting because you know for anyone listening they could probably tell I've got a clue but we're we're good friends but when you were talking there, like you were talking about all the stuff you've done in the past with Culture for Geeks, but I've obviously got you on to talk about uh, audience growth. Yeah. I think it was last year when you you switched sort of the, the ethos behind Culture for Geeks to, you know, audience growth. Uh, and I realised when you were talking, I've never asked, I don't think I've asked you why, what what caused that, that switch in where you were to what, what you're doing now? Because that's what I was doing without realising it. I was helping people... Um, to grow, to, to start, launch, grow, develop podcasts. I was helping people with the Twitch streams, helping people with the YouTube channels, helping people with their Instagrams. I was getting people on stage at Comic-Con. I was getting people to uh, collaborate on YouTube and Twitch. And I'm not sure TikTok was as quite the big thing it is now back then, but that's what I was doing. And the fact that I've come from being sort of confident careers and that side of things really all all folds and feeds into what we're doing now because you've got to develop the right skills to grow your audience you've got to implement it and you've got to have that that self-belief and confidence in yourself to be able to put yourself out there and that's one of the key things that's quite often missing um is people don't have that that self-belief that confidence to promote themselves and so they don't that fear of failure uh that that, that um, imposter syndrome uh comes at people so hard that they end up just procrastinating and going i can't do the other i can't go on the podcast i can't be a guest and you just so a lot of what i do when i work one-to-one with clients is taking it back to that that self-belief thing and and building it up from there they quite often don't know that i'm doing it so shh, don't tell them terry my secret will be out <laughs> um i'm gonna i was gonna ask you this later but it seems relevant to ask it now like you spoke there about the, the people's fear of, of of you know doing something and putting it out there i know that my big one was like with the podcast for example what if no one listens mm. that was just like this big fear and i can remember you kind of saying to me at one point well what if no one listens? There'll <laughs> be no one listening. Yeah, that's, that's that's what if no one listens. But what, where do you think that comes from? What's the biggest reason do you think for for that fear of is is it that is it that what if? It's school. School trains us to that failure is the worst thing possible. The whole system is built up to reward success and punish failure. Uh, and it's it's just it's very much ingrained into how we operate as a society. Uh, it, there's, there's no quick and easy fix for it. It's it's just the way of the world. Um, what's the poem? They they fuck you up, your mom and dads. They don't mean to, but they do. And part of it comes from there. You know, rewards for doing well, punishment or whatever for for failure. Whereas failure is just it's it's the best opportunity to grow to learn to, to get something new there's what's well, yes people say oh there's there's no learning in winning there is there absolutely is you've probably learned a strategy there that's helped you win or you've learned how to pass an exam or what have you um, or to pass your driving test uh but there's, there's so much to be learned from faith it's like no, i'm a gamer my favourite game is Dead by Daylight. It's an asymmetrical four versus one multiplayer horror game. Four survivors, one killer. When you start the game, you are going to fail and you are going to fail hard because it's it's been around for six years now. There's people who are good at the game. There's people who are new at the game. There's people who are bad at the game. Um, and it's only through repeatedly dying in that game that I've now, I like to think of myself as one of the top, quite a good player. I went up against... Um, quite a famous YouTuber the other day, um, Twitch streamer. And I've only got there by raising my my, my skill level and it's now pitting me against these high-skilled killers. 
in the game, not in real life. <laughs> it's much like that in life as well. You only get good by having lots of goes. And as a kid, we measure we measure success by how many goes you get at a thing. Whereas as an adult, you measure success by doing a thing once and being amazing at it. And that's just not how life is. You know, you go on the crystal maze, you get one go at the game and you've got to be good at it. And that's that's how we that's how we see life. As life is like the crystal maze. You've got to have you've got one go to get the crystal. And if you don't get it, you're locked in. Um, but life's not like that in life. You get to have lots of goes. That's why people come to you to have lots of goes at driving before they do the test. And sometimes they're going to fail because maybe nerves have got them better of them. Maybe they've not been as ready as they thought for that because they needed to have more goes to be ready. So many things we've tried with coaching for geeks that's just fall and flat. And so we've tried it different or we've tried it new or we've come at it from another angle. And sometimes just go, do you know what? That's not actually going to work. It's not right for my audience. It's not right for me. It's not right for my people. It feels inauthentic. It feels insincere. It's, I thought it was great, but it turns out to be a great steaming pile of <laughs> dinosaur poop. And you move on and you try something else. And it's only, we've been through so many iterations, Terry, of what Coach for Geeks is. And it's only in the last couple of years that we've really figured it out. And that's okay, because I needed to go through those steps. I needed to have those failures to get there. And other people who've participated in those things probably don't think of them as a failure. Um, But I probably will, because I'm my own worst critic. And so is everyone else. We're all our own worst critic and we need to get out of our own way, have a go and get good at failing. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly, but you, you came back to Coaching for Geeks there and I am going to tie this in a little bit. So why would Coaching for Geeks be good for a driving instructor? So I'm in it, clearly, and I know there's a few of my listeners that are in Coaching for Geeks, but why would that be good for a driving instructor? Oh, no, we don't want any more. No. <laughs> well, it's whilst we have the geeky side of things with the the memes and the, the socials and the like, it's the techniques and the processes and the stuff that we talk about and share and discuss right for anyone. I mean, it's probably one of the least geeky, geeky groups um, out there just because we've attracted quite an interesting and diverse mix of people from driving instructors to more traditional gamers and streamers but there's also lots of people who are doing all kinds of jobs we've got got course creators and podcast coaches and um, board game designers and people who do live shows and drag queens and all sorts of people it's the the wrapping is geeky but what's at the core of it is just good practice for anyone who's growing a business and you can ask questions in there and it's a great place to share failures if you want somewhere to do that um because it's such a supportive group of people that are genuinely rooting for each other to succeed and there's the networking element as well um like you've met new people who you've collaborated with worked with done things with through the group um some of the other guests on the instructor yeah uh, emerged from the swamp that is kicks. <laughs> i think the other thing i'll chuck in there and i did kind of thinking back to our first recording back on season one, and I think I, I said something around this then, is that how welcoming the group is. And it's a group where I feel safe, where I could go in and just talk about stuff. And the other side of it is I, I do consider myself a geek, but I don't think I'm uh, almost like a fully-fledged geek. It's like I'm a, a bit of this and a bit of that. And I think that when, you know, the stereotype of a geek is someone that's all in on something. So, you know, like you get your Star Wars geek, they'll be, you'll know everything about Star Wars or, or whatever it is. And I'm like that. I My whole thing is know a little about a lot and a lot about a little. So I was always scared around the the sort of the, the genre people, the geeks, the nerds, whatever you want to call them, because I used to think that I would be an outcast to them. 
I didn't think I had a place, but it's actually like, oh no, you're still you're one of us. You're here now. And uh yeah. And now you're like a community leader talk about podcasts and stuff within my group. So yeah. So if people yeah. want more Terry, they can come to Coach Geeks as well. Going back to, to the the the, uh, the audience growth side then, because we were speaking about fear before and, and mm-hmm. that side of it. So before we dive into how we can grow your audience, like you said, you've got to make that first step. You've got to actually do something. So how can people overcome that fear? What would be your suggestions? Now, again, I know there's all kinds of suggestions, I know there's different stuff, I know that's a bit generic, but what, what would you suggest? Just honestly, just start whatever you're doing just start i mean you can you can do the the comfort zone pushing everything imagine um your comfort zone is like a bubble around you it's everything that you know and trust and unfortunately it's 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 closing in on you it's squashing you now the, the longer you stay within it the tighter and tighter it gets against you and you have to push against the boundaries of your comfort zone constantly or it will crush you until you find yourself uh, an old racist sat on the sofa watching <laughs> nothing but um, repeats of, I don't know, of, of friends because that's the only thing that's that's your safety show and nothing else will do and you'll only eat pizza and that's your life because everything else is scary. Um, so you have to push against it constantly and that could be anything from the basics of we fall into routine so easily so take a different route home try something new to eat put a different radio station on play a different game try a new tv show do things that scare you a little bit like we have your comfort zone and then we have beyond that it's like the zone of growth and then further beyond that is the fuck me that's scary and i want to get out of here panic zone which will send you running straight back to you uh, to your comfort zone and never to emerge again uh, and yeah even just simple things drive, driving a different way home going going for a walk somewhere new really simple little things so that you are changing up your routine um, you, you're enabling your brain to create new connections and, and getting it into that state where it's open to uh, new opportunities and new learnings and trying new things. If you want to, go all out and book yourself a, a skydive. I'm, I'm very much behind you if you want to do that. Um, you want to do a skydive, Terry? I want to do a skydive. No, no. And I'm not willing to push that fear. That fear can stay in its little box and just, it doesn't, I don't need to test gravity. Gravity is fine. I believe in it. But fears come from a place where it's it's just your brain trying to protect you from pain and from hurt and gravity and, and gravity, um, which it's it's done a great job keeping you safe all this time. So thank you to Terry's and, and your listeners' brains for keeping you safe and sound and not dying because of a saber toothed tiger. But a lot of those fears can be left in the past where they come from um, because there is still that kind of reptilian part of the brain that, that fight or flight um, bit and that's it's the same bit of the brain that's getting activated when when we have that fear around promoting our stuff and putting ourselves out there it's the brain just doesn't want you to get hurt in any way yeah I'm just thinking back to a video I saw the other day of uh, I don't know where it was but like the top of a building and the floor was glass so like you could see like it felt like hundreds of miles. It wouldn't have been, but that's how I would. I'm like, I wouldn't walk on that. Why? That's, I don't know. I don't need to walk on that. I can stand by. I can lock down. I don't need to trust the glass. I can see the glass. <laughs> I can lean over a little bit. That, their fears, anything around heights, their fears that don't need conquering. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can. There's, there's ways <laughs> to conquer those fears. Um, some of, my clients and I don't want to name names, but someone you know quite well. Um, the reason they're in coaching for geeks is they had a fear of spiders and we walked through a technique that dissociates the fear from a thing, and now they're not so scared of spiders anymore. Um for me, it's edges. I'm all right with heights, I don't like edges. So I'm fine to fly, fine to do a parachute jump, bungee jump, roller coasters, bridges. Uh, but 
a canal, <laughs> hate it. Cliffside, hate it. If there's a tiny little rope there, it gives my brain the impression of safety and I'm fine with it. But otherwise, I'll, I'll have a little stumble. Also, that's the dyspraxia. But <laughs> <laughs> Well... I'll tell you what, uh, if this show does record numbers, I will do a skydive with you. I'm not right. going to promote it. <laughs> How many numbers does it have to do? How uh, many numbers? How many listens do we need to get you to do a skydive? Record numbers? Uh, yeah. Probably probably 200 plus. I think I'm about 180 for, for one episode download, so there you go. There we go, listeners. Um, promote the heck out of this episode. <laughs> Make Terry do a skydive. Are you just going to leave this on your phone on repeat all day? <laughs> Times two speed. Um... So there you have it. If you want to make me endure a skydive, which is one of my worst fears, then uh, then share the heck out of this episode. Because if I do record numbers, which is you know just about two hundred downloads in in one day. It looks like I'm going to be doing a skydive, uh, so, you know, I'll leave that up to you. But we are taking a slight pause in the show, first of all, to give a big thank you and a big shout out to my two latest subscribers to the Instructor Podcast Premium. That is Hayley Burns and Paul Trembeth. Now, these guys have signed up over the last week or so and given me some excellent feedback initially, in particular Hayley. And they're getting immediate access to all kinds of awesome stuff. So initially, they're getting access to some brilliant discounts. Uh, so they got access to Go Roadie with a 16% discount. They got access to Bob Morton's client-centered learning with a, a 33% discount. And then even the ADI slash PDI doctor, Lee Sperry, you got access to everything he has to offer for a 50% discount if you sign up to instruct the podcast premium. So just on the basis of that, that £10 a month, suddenly seems incredibly good value but it's even more value because it's not all about those discounts it's about the ways and i can help you become an even better instructor and potentially make even better business because i will be giving loads of extra content out there's usually at least two or three shows a month usually more the most recent one was a brilliant episode of what we call now Driving Business with Dan Hill, where we got spent over an hour talking about the business of running at your own driving school, some of the pitfalls we fall into, and some of the awesome things we can do to develop, including how to get your prices up to where they should be. But it's not just about business, not just about prices is also about making you a better instructor so we have a series on the standards check checklist where i get a different trainer in and we speak about one specific topic within that checklist one of my favorite things and there's other content over there as well including one that is just me called alternative routes where i give you different ways that you can treat your business different ways you can handle your students all that kind of stuff there's a whole host of other content over there as well so Go check out theinstructorpodcast.com. You can sign up over there or you find a link in the show notes. Or if you want to know any more, just drop me a message. I'll happily have a conversation with you, swap messages with you, or even have a phone call. I am creating this to help you because it's what I would have liked to have those six years ago when I first become an instructor. I'm really proud of what we're doing. I'm getting some awesome feedback from the guys in already, and I'd love to help more people. If you don't want that help, if you don't want those discounts, if you don't want access to all the extra content, but you would still like to support the running of this show, you can also sign up to a different tier, which is £2 a month. So instead of paying £10, getting all that awesome stuff, you can pay £2 a month where you get absolutely nothing other than a warm, fuzzy feeling inside and my eternal gratitude, and that helps towards the running cost of this show. But either way www.theinstructorpodcast.com or check out the links in the show notes. But for now, let's dive back into the show. But let's, let's step back from the really scary stuff the, or the genuinely, what's the word? Rational scary stuff like mm-hmm. heights and spiders and moths, which are clearly the scariest of all the insects. Uh, fairy wings, Robin, fairy wings, we don't like them. Um, and let's step back to actually creating something. So uh, for this podcast, for example, I mentioned before about I was scared to do it. And the big thing for me is it's putting myself out there. Weirdly, it wasn't the recording or anything like that. It was go- It was doing it was fine. It was then telling people about it, yeah. which comes into that, that audience growth because you start off with zero, you've got to get to number one. So 
Well, one list are not number one in the charts, but um, <laughs> why not? Aim high. <laughs> well, I got to number two with a five-minute yeah. fairy one, so that one good. So yeah, so, so the way I did that is, I'm good at different. I'm good at looking at what I'm doing and thinking on this occasion I need to do baby steps. This thing I need to do small steps one at a time, and then I'm other times I'm good at going, yeah, okay, let's just dive in and go ahead first. But if you've someone that wants to create a podcast, YouTube channel, whatever, and you've got that fear of I've done it. But I'm too scared to put it out there. Do you think it's just a case of just do it and see what happens? Yeah, 100%. Just do it and see what happens. You don't know what the response is going to be until you put it out there. It could be a game-changing thing that the world needs that sets us down a path of glory and beauty forevermore. It could be one of one of the doctor's fixed points in time. And it's only you that can make it happen. Um, or it could just fall flat and nobody listens to it. Um, or you get feedback that says your sound quality is crap and I can't listen to it. But again, that's that's an opportunity to fix sound quality, to do some promotion, to get some feedback from the people who have listened to make it better. Uh, we did for a while over on Twitch a show called Fix My Twitch where I started with a completely bare bones channel and got a guest on each week who gave me one thing I had to upgrade by the following week and then week by week we turned it from kind of crappy to we had lights and fancy effects and uh, and, and chat tickers and channel point rewards and so each week you should be striving to find one little thing that you can improve not to be a big thing um but if you can for example my my mic's got a fuzzy hat on it because it helps block out some of the background sounds and it's on an arm so that the if i hit the table it doesn't cause so much noise i've got myself a better camera i've got myself i've got myself a chair in fact i should take that out if we're on video so that my green screen doesn't look so wonky uh, little things that you can do, little things that you can improve, little things you can tweak with your marketing so that more people are coming to it. Um, learning to use uh, all the tools that are out there that can help you with your promotion or, or the tools to help you with your editing or the tools that can help you to connect with more people, um, whether that's um, using Canva to create graphics or using a headliner to create snippets from your podcast or getting to grips with TikTok and following a whole bunch of people in your sector or, or joining groups and engaging with people on Facebook. There's so many things. There's too many things. That's another one of the problems is too many things that become overwhelming. So just pick one thing and get good at that and see how that goes for you. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to some of them. We'll come back to some of the, some of the <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> You're thinking about that skydive now, aren't you? Yeah, you've ruined the podcast. <laughs> well, well, I'm going to leave that in. We'll come back to some of the specifics in a minute, but um, I want to go back to, to what you said there about learning from it. And, you know, you put it out there, like you said, you might have poor sound quality or poor video quality or whatever, but you then know that and you can go back and fix it. And like you said, doing one thing at a time. And the big thing for me, you mentioned your uh, Fix My Twitch stream, which I know you don't do at the moment, but I used to really enjoy watching that. And I think back to that a lot. And it's something that inspires me with a podcast because like you said, you went to that show asking for people, how can I improve? And it's something I still do with this show. After every episode, I ask the guests, what can I do better? I'm always asking for feedback. The only caveat is you have to have listened to the show. Don't give me feedback. And even that, if you haven't listened to the show and you're giving me feedback, it's a bit like, well, I've not enticed you enough to listen. So that there's something there. And I think that that feedback, we're scared of it. And I think that changing your mindset a bit to welcome it, and that's something I've done over the years. And again, a little bit of a loving, wisely down to you. But I welcome that that <laughs> feedback. And I, I don't think there's any such thing as negative feedback because you get that negative feedback, you've got two choices. You can either take it and learn and develop or you can just push it to the side and, and ignore it. And there's time to do that and there's times to, to, to utilise it. So, and there's a brilliant book, uh, I think it's a chap called Rob Moore, called Start Now, Get Perfect Later. And I think this is kind of what you're saying there. 
when you're talking about all the stuff you've got, I still want to get some of that stuff. You know, as we're recording this, you can see my wall behind me, my mirror, and all right, you can see all my awesome pop from calls and stuff. But, you know, I haven't got the best mic. I haven't got the best headphones or the best PC. And, but I'm improving. You mentioned Canva. I think back to my early artwork for my shows, it was like a quick screenshot of the Zoom, and then I'll just bang that on there. And let's be honest, it looked a bit crap. But um, it's fine because you're yeah. just getting started and you're doing so many other things. Um, it's fine. My first podcast was shit. <laughs> um, well, the content of it was good, but it sounded crap, and the theme tune was crap, and the art was crap, and um, we refined it, and yeah, we got up to like number four in the main charts at one point. Um, one balmy summer's weekend about five years ago, <laughs> um, but it was only through constantly taking that feedback and and refining and improving and just picking one thing to do better each week um when feedback hurts it's probably because you believe some of it to be true so if you if you get feedback solicited or unsolicited accept it graciously and have a look at it and and see if any of it is actually true like i don't know if your listeners will see this but um if someone was to come at me to have a go at me for having green hair, they thought it was stupid. Well, I'm not going to believe it because I've, I've not got green hair. But if someone was to come at me and go, oh, you're a bit of a scruff bag, I might believe that because I am a little bit of a scruff bag. Um, that's part of my charm. Um, but then I would have to assess that and say, is that an opinion that affects me? Is it something that I want to change? Is it something that I can apply? And if not, then discard it, get rid of it, don't matter. But if part of that was impacting me in some way, then I would maybe take that on board and go, okay, I'm going to do something about that. I'm going to brush my hair. Um, that was an odd metaphor about <laughs> being scruffy, but I've had my hair cut today, so that might be why. Especially <laughs> considering when you first signed in, I complimented you on how well you look today. Yeah, so that's had an impact on me, Terry. There you go. But also, I think it's like, who's giving you this feedback? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, when you give me feedback, I, I cherish that because you're brilliant at not, well, not mincing your words, but also being honest. So you will openly say, oh, yeah, this bit was awesome, but, yeah, this bit was crap, and then back it up. But when you've got oh, – I'm going to use the driving instructor's example, and people will know who I'm referring to when I say this. <laughs> when you've got certain instructors on groups that go on and criticise everything and complain about X, Y, and Z, well, we know really not to give a crap because this is just someone that moans about everything in the industry mm-hmm. and nothing's ever right. Or when you look at the other person that, you know – produces poor quality you don't need to take that feedback or you still can take it but you've got that choice and i think that's important as well but what i want to ask you now i want to dive into a little bit about what we can do to grow to go because now we've obviously spoke about how we made a start which is um commit to doing a skydive you know whatever Mm -hmm. commit publicly Mm -hmm. so how do you then grow that audience so there's obviously lots of different platforms you've got email marketing lists you've got facebook pages youtube channels podcasts twitch streams tiktoks all this stuff that basically you have an audience with the to grow them is it the same sort of premise for everything now i know there'll be different tweaks you can make for everything but is the premise the same largely it's largely the same is that you have to entice people with a piece of content that they are going to engage with in some way um remember you and cause cause them to remember you and to come to you when they want your product or service now with driving instructors um you've got to be constantly getting new leads because similarly to me as a coach main aim is to make your client no longer need you that's that's kind of you've done your job brilliantly then haven't you if 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 your client no longer needs you they've passed the test they're safe they're out on the roads then brilliant job done like me my, my clients got to where they want to be um they, they don't need me anymore uh, and they go and get on with whatever they're getting on with so it means you constantly uh need to be 
looking for for new leads, new people to enter your world uh, and engage with your stuff. It's different for you because you have the the, the TCU, the Total Control Universe, not the oh, Terry no. Cook Universe. Yeah, we change it to Terry Cook Universe. Terry <laughs> Cook Universe, where you have uh, the podcast, where you have an audience that, particularly this one, they're going to come, they're going to listen. They're going to keep listening because these are your, your instructors and you've done a brilliant job of making a show for driving instructors interesting to people who aren't driving instructors. It's like you you have grown your audience beyond your core market there. Um, I've wandered off and I can't remember what the question was. <laughs> it, I think you answered it because it, <laughs> it was about, is the premise for growth the same whatever platform you're on? So I think we kind of addressed it was, but... Uh, like you said, you create your content and you promote it and talk about it consistently. But I, I kind of want to touch on a couple of specifics, if that's okay with you. So yeah, yeah. I think the, the the two most common ones at the minute for for driving instructors specifically would be Facebook pages mm-hmm. and YouTube channels. Now I'm going to go on to YouTube channels first because that's the one that maybe requires a bit more courage because you're either talking or editing or whatever. You you put in some out there for people to see. And I'm going to open this really blank to begin with because I know nothing about YouTube uh, or very little about YouTube. Where would you start with YouTube to to grow it? Obviously, you put your content out there, but how would you actually start to get people listening? Because you're starting with zero. Mm. YouTube is uh, the second biggest search engine after Google. Uh, and a lot of the results turn up on the Google homepage. You don't get there immediately. And there's a lot of competition out there but you just have to start you just have to start creating um putting things out there and telling people that it exists now the youtube algorithm changes on a semi-regular basis what once was short form was king now it's 10 minutes and longer um videos that are 10 minutes and longer that have uh transcription subtitles you need to have a nice uh thumbnail that's the the image that turns up you need to tailor the the text the title the keywords and all of this feeds into it being found within the google uh world of google of of google homepage youtube and everything that's related if you have a blog uh, embedding it in a blog and having some text that supports it will really help with your SEO, your search engine optimization. Then, so then you will have the relevant text with your keywords in the the title of the video, the description of the video, the keywords of the video, the title of the blog page, and the text of the blog page. And all of this is telling Google that this piece of content uh, is about this particular subject. After that, you kind of want other people to be linking back to that blog page where the video is hosted. So if you've got other authoritative figures within the industry or relevant sites linking back to you, then that tells Google that this is a valuable piece of content. Yeah, it's a lot to be done, I'm afraid, (laughs) doesn't it? Um, It's all, there's a reason why people ask you to um, like, share, and subscribe. That's because it all feeds the algorithm and the search results. So where do you start when you're coming at it new? You just share that link with the audience that you already have. So uh, so for you, Terry, we'll get you to share it with um, people who are on your, your Facebook pages. We put it in the... Uh, the show notes of the of the podcasts. Uh, put a link in there. We talk about it a little bit more. Um, send it out to your well maintained email list, of course, and get them to view it. Uh, we put it in yeah your Facebook pages and just get as many people as possible watching it as soon as possible and engaging with it and sharing it and subscribing. It's it's I'm not it's not hard to do, but there's a lot of work involved starting from square one. 
Um, and after that, for YouTube, you need to get into a regular routine of regularly posting content uh, at least once a week, ideally two to three times a week. So a couple of, I mean, you, yes, wise well, lots of information. There you there. go. That's how you beat YouTube. Just do that, <laughs> what Robin said. Uh, I'll edit that clip out and put it as a separate podcast, play it on repeat, and then you saw it. Um, <laughs> but I want to touch back on a couple of things because you, you said there about sharing the link. So wherever your initial audience is, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, sharing it there, but wherever you can, I suppose. Yeah. I think... One of the things that that I found quite daunting at first when I started promoting the podcast was sharing it regularly because there's this thing in my brain that, all oh, right, people are going to start moaning because they've seen it. And, and, you know, and obviously I've developed away from that now, but I'm going to mm. throw that over to you. Should we be sharing it regularly or should we be too scared to? You shouldn't be too scared to, but you, you do want to be mindful of not oversharing business stuff to a personal feed um particularly your personal facebook feed some people do it constantly but if facebook thinks that your personal feed is actually a business feed they they can shut it down for being or, or make you convert it to a business page in your business page in your groups on your twitter no problem. Twitter in particular is uh, is very transient if you're not there at the time that it's posted or unless it really um gets a lot of engagement and attention people just aren't going to see it and if you're not very big on twitter yet then that's a limited audience anyway so you can share things multiple times Uh, my blogs go into i use a bit of software called missing letter which i put my blogs in it generates a bunch of posts and then it creates 12 months worth of posts I do that with every blog post. So each blog post gets shared uh, 12 times on each platform over the following 12 months. I could do it more, but because I'm posting a blog at least once a week, that's another piece of content going into the mix of posting sort of three or four times um, a week at least, um, up to 15 times a week on my Twitter. So don't be afraid. People will say, if, if you're posting too much in the board, people will say people will start unfollowing, and that's a piece of feedback that you should act on. Also be mindful if it's if your followers are the right kind of people you want anyway. I posted just the other day, do you do a clean-up of your uh, social media? Uh, most people do, so should you. Yeah. I think that I'm from my sort of opinion on there for a second, and I'll use the Instructor Podcast Facebook page as the example here, because it's not the biggest page in the world. I think it's got like 600 likes and 700 followers, something like that. But generally, if I share a post, my general people that see it is about 150, 200. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, about 500 of my followers that aren't seeing it. So don't be scared about repeating it because not everyone's seen it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think that as long as you don't repeat the same post over and over and over and over again, you know, just change it. You know, if you've got a YouTube channel, well, you know, here's this video and then here's this video and here's this collection of videos. Yeah, um, so yeah, yeah. here's this playlist. Here's the recommendations. Here's here's a lesson from this thing. If, you, if you're sat on a body of content, assume that at least half of your audience hasn't seen it, maybe 75%. So share it again. Like I say, we look at the analytics of stuff that we post and unless it catches fire, sometimes um, in the Facebook group, if you post at the wrong time, it's like this has been shown to <laughs> 10 people. You're like, but there's 2,000 people in here. Would you maybe like to show it to some more people, Facebook? And it's like, nah, I don't think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to. It's uh, temperamental at times. Um, the other thing I want to ask you about YouTube, because uh, I think I've got this right, you need 100 subscribers to be able to put your own sort of name on the show, is that right, without this sort of YouTube bit on? I don't know if that's right anymore. I So I'm going to Google it. YouTube. Live Straight research. It used to be 100. No, you're right. It has to be 30 days old, have 100 or more subscribers, have a profile picture and a banner image. So, yes, you're right, so, Terry. You do need to that, 
road to your first hundred subscribers is uh, is the hardest part. So it's like you said at the beginning, you need to, you know, subscribe, like, share, follow, it's asking people to do that. You know, people listen to this podcast or any podcast is a reason we say, make sure you go click subscribe, because the more people that subscribe, the more it's, it's kind of pushed out there. So, yeah, uh, yeah 100, uh, 100 subscribers, make sure you're pushing for that. And I think I think you said it intentionally, but I think you glossed over it a little bit One when you were talking about that. You said... You were talking about potentially showing up on Google, and you said you won't show mm. up straight. You won't show up immediately, and I think that's the key. We spoke before about start now and get perfect later a little bit, and I think there's that expectancy. Oh, I've done this thing. Why at a top yet? You know, I can remember saying that to you. I, you know, released my podcast. I'm not number one in the business charts. What's wrong? <laughs> and it's like it does take time. So, and you look at the people that are, are successful on YouTube. There's very, very few that have that overnight success. There's always the exceptions to the rule, but generally it's the people that put that work in for days, weeks, months, and years to then go and achieve that success. Mm. Um, do you think that that's a problem people struggle with, seeing the, the already successful people and wanting just to be like that straight away? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Mr. Beast, arguably one of the biggest uh, YouTubers at the moment, uh, he posted a video, I think it was last year, of him five years ago saying that he was going to become a big YouTuber. And you saw his stats and they were rubbish to start with. And it wasn't until he started doing the consistent, some of the grindy things, some of the innovative things that he's done, that he saw that growth. Um, and it's not just that you need to get lots of people viewing it straight away or subscribing straight away, commenting, liking straight away. It's also Google's got to do its thing. It's got to crawl it's got to add it to its own databases it's got to check that you're not peddling sick filth that needs to be purged from the internet it's it's got its own steps to go through before anything's going to start showing uh, and ranking on 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 google's search results and there's lots of tools you can do to monitor that there's um everybody should be on ahrefs it's a free tool. They're all paid ones as well. Uh, this isn't an ad. Um, Ahrefs, um, if you have a website, it's a free tool that you can use to monitor um, what words, um, what keywords you are ranking for. There's things you can get for uh, for YouTube, uh, things like TubeBuddy, which will help you out. Um, Get yourself a Google Analytics account if you haven't got one. You can monitor your traffic and you can get some data out of that, which will help you see where you're succeeding, um, where your growth is. And if you're doing something well, do more of it. Right? Um, video game analogy. Brilliant game that's just come out. Evil Dead, the game. It's brilliant. Oh, Terry, it's brilliant. I love being a demon um, and killing all the ashes. I've just started watching Ash versus Evil Dead as well. It's brilliant. Um, anyway, there's different classes <laughs> of character in there. So there's there's healers, there's um, melee um, sluggery types like Ash with his chainsaw. There's, there's people who are better with firearms. You give the good firearms to the person who is good at firearms. You give the legendary axe the person who's good with melee weapons, you get good at the things you're already good at. Yes, there's going to be things that you're going to be weaker at. So Cheryl is shit with an axe. Give her the gun. Give her all the Shemp's Cola because she will heal everyone. Um, give Ash the melee weapons because he can really wallop the deadites with it. There's going to be things that you're not going to be great at. Outsource those things. Get someone else to do them or ignore them. Get good at the stuff that you are good at and get really good at it i know there's, there's that jack of all trades approach works and it works quite well but if like you terry you you've become essentially the the driving instructor influencer you're doing all this awesome stuff around um with, with the podcast and driving instructor day and stuff with g on the um diversity and inclusion uh, and lgbtqia plus um content and you've instigated real change that's that's the good stuff that you have got 
even better at that you excel at. So keep doing that, and and you'll keep you'll keep growing. Uh, I'm happy now because we're now praising me, so we can do some more of that. <laughs> um, not that I mean, look, for, forever you will now hold the place as this being the greatest ever episode of this podcast because you have brought in a discussion about the Evil Dead. <laughs> It's like, I'm sorry, it don't get better than this. And if you haven't watched the Evil Dead trilogy, watch the Evil Dead trilogy. The Evil Dead 2 will, should be in everyone's top 10 films of all time. And then go and watch Ash versus Evil Dead, which is on Netflix. Yep. And uh, now I'm also inclined to go and try the game, which uh, is my weak point, but now I'm inclined. Um, the I, I want to go back just a little bit to the... Um, the growth aspect. So we're talking about it's not mm. going to happen immediately because I think this is the perfect opportunity on this 50th regular episode of the Instructor Podcast just to, to mention my growth and use this as a the good example because back on season one, uh, I'm working off memory now, probably should have looked at this beforehand, but I think uh, the first episode, which was with Bob Martin, did 25 downloads in the first week, if I remember correctly. On season two... By the end of season two, each episode was getting 100 downloads by Thursday. So it went out Sunday and got the 100 downloads by Thursday. Now, as I'm coming to end of season four, I'm getting 100 downloads by Tuesday. And I think you compare where I am now, so 100 downloads in essentially two to three days, and some of them are doing that on day one. Compare that to 25 downloads in, in the, the first week, and this isn't meant to praise me. It's meant to show you a lot. It's taken this time. It's taken 50 episodes, 50 regular episodes, plus 18 Green Rooms episodes and five short lessons episodes and a few bonus episodes to get to this point. So I think don't be afraid of that, that growth aspect. Um, and you've shown really consistent growth there. I remember you how disappointed you were at the start. <laughs> like, oh. But, but that then flipped from sort of disappointment that you weren't number one to, but 25 people have downloaded it. They, none of them had to. Yeah. It's, I think it's taken on this look because no one has to do what, to look at what you're putting out there. So even if one person reads your post or watches your YouTube video or listens to your podcast, but one person does it, that person has chosen to look at your thing. And then you have a marker and then you can aim for two and then three and then fall and grow. And the big thing, and this is, I suppose it applies to everything, but I honestly believe more so to podcasters. So if you're a podcaster listening, you look after your audience. Every mm -hmm. single listener is valuable. Every one of you. I, I don't turn anything away. I, I, I cherish them. I, I like stroke you all gently on your hair and rock you to sleep, but we'll come back to that later. Um, let's, let's move over. I want to talk to you briefly about Facebook um, because I think this is the, the platform that most instructors are on. Now, I have mm -hmm. touched on this recently on a couple of recent episodes. Uh, I spoke to uh, someone you are aware of, Nick Oaks. We spoke about SEO and copywriting. A uh, wonderful uh, former student, Charlotte Parker, joined me on the last episode to talk about social media and, and, and that side of it. But I'm interested in your take. So I decide to create a Facebook page tomorrow. Um, what's the best way to promote that Facebook page for a driving school, do you think? Paid ads, honestly. Um, Facebook pages in particular have become very pay to win these days. Um, you can drill down using paid ads. Don't spend the fortune. I dip my toe in the water. I'd probably send them towards the website if I had one rather than a Facebook page, though. I'm trying to think about it from an instructor's point of view. What could you be providing? that is valuable on your Facebook page to your audience. I'm sorry, I've gone all blurry. I know the people at home can't see that, but it's bugging me. There we go, I'm back. Uh, gave me a little bit of time to think as well, whilst I blathered on. So for you, Terry, you've got a lot of content that you can provide. So there's things that you can put out there and you're a great example of doing it well because you're engaging with your audience. You're consistently putting things out there and you were doing so even when people weren't engaging at the start and that's a place where people fall down they start they put things out they go i'm not getting a response and and stop whereas there might be people looking at it day in day out and getting something useful from it and just not engaging with it because we've all become very 
passive with social media and there's a hundred things vying for her attention and up there there's a pic there's a video of some cute ducklings falling down a storm drain and getting rescued by some birdie man with a fireman's hat or something and that's got my attention now rather than the, the valuable lesson about um breaks and breaking distances that you're giving me because that was probably more useful but it's not as interesting as the ducklings um so you've just got to you've got to be consistent you've got to start you've got to be consistent you've got to tell people to come and uh engage with it you've got to tell people to come and like your page and when you have got into that routine and you've got uh, a body of content there then i would consider spending a fiver and running some ads just to see if it helps get people in but also use those ads to get people to book a call with me if 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 they're looking for lessons or maybe put a booking calendar up there and run a little sequence and get them into a booking calendar and get them to book a call to see if they want to come and start uh, lessons with me. And it really depends who your audience is and who, who you work with, because I know there are instructors who uh, who specialise, who've niched down into various types of drivers. There's people in different parts of the country, there's people with different types of vehicles people who do the advanced driving course so it really depends on what it is that you're doing hmm, i'm really trying to think of a, of a really good strategy now terry mine well, started ticking i'll tell you what how about this then because in a minute i'm going to ask you for your favorite driving song uh, but just before i ask you that how about i put you on the spot a little bit and say would you be willing to commit to come and do another show potentially for my premium members where we can do almost like a deep dive into a strategy on growing a, a facebook page for instance for instructors yeah that'd be good we could get really specific about it um we can come up with a hypothetical or real person and we can put together a, a strategy a plan of action for them so all my uh, premium listeners are currently rubbing their hands together at that and if you're not a premium <laughs> listener well www.theinstructorpodcast.com you know what to do but i am asking all my guests and going back over the old ones um to to get their thoughts and the list is growing slowly for an ultimate driving song. Now, I know you're not a driver, but you have been driven. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. You have been driven and you've been in a car. So what would your ultimate driving yeah, song be? I have driven. Um, <laughs> yes. I have been a driver. Uh, it's only due to my previously poorly controlled type 1 diabetes that I no longer am because I don't want to be in charge of a fast metal death machine, um, which which is a beautiful segue to the song that I've chosen, which is Alcazar crying at the discotheque, which <laughs> is not, it's not the most metal of song, but it is a fantastic driving song. It makes me think of, um, in fact, the part of the country that I'm in, going on holiday to Torquay, sat in the passenger seat and driving down um, Torquay prom um, by the seafront, by the harbour, with us all bopping away in the car to Alcazar's crying at the discotheque and then also screaming down the motorway with it. Windows a bit more closed now because it was a bit blowy, but crying at the discotheque, it became, it's not just the holiday tune, it's the driving tune that took us there. It took us back, took us clubbing in Birmingham, took us clubbing in Manchester. Um, and it has a fantastic video as well. And I know, Terry, because I did mention this already, it's not the Sophie Alice Baxter version. It's the Alcazar original from, I believe, the year 2000. Um, flipping heck. It's an old <laughs> song now. Um, um, although we will allow the Sophie Alice Baxter version if that's what your uh, listeners prefer. Because God bless Sophie and the <laughs> kitchen disco. I may put both versions in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you and how they can get even more Robin Bates goodness? Yeah, of course. Um, well, thanks for having me on, Terry. And if anybody wants to get in touch, uh, you can find us at coachingforgeeks.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Coaching for Geeks. It's a private group, request entry. Say, Terry found you and we'll let you in. Um, or you can send me an email at robin at coachingforgeeks.com. I'm not hard to find. If you want me anywhere else, you, you can track me down. 
You can also find him on the website uh, and you can also find him in the show notes. Uh, links for that there. Um, but yeah, just on Coach Vigich for one second before we disappear. Um, it, I was just thinking as you were talking then, I thought, oh, who have you got? You've, you've obviously got me doing the uh, Terry Tuesdays. There's Emma Meller, I think, turns up on Mondays. Uh, Annie, whose surname I can't pronounce and always butcher, so I won't try, uh, does, uh, she does Thursdays, I think? Wednesday, hump day queen. And then Peter Garbatch turns up now and again doing some stuff. And yeah, sometimes think- Mark Kington, sometimes Amanda Lee, sometimes Vic Sol, yeah. um, uh, Ian Alexander Blake. And uh, yeah, almost all of them have, have been on this podcast. <laughs> so I'm working my way through coaching figures. But uh, but yes, thank you for joining us today, Robin. Really appreciate it. And, and please, if you're listening, go and take a moment to check out Robin at Coaching for Geeks and very at least check out the website because there's some awesome stuff over there. So thanks for joining me today. And before we head off, don't forget to uh, subscribe to The Instructor. A uh, five-star review would be fantastic, especially for this episode. And do share it with your friends because if we hit 200 downloads, Terry's jumping out of a plane with me. Bollocks, I forgot about that. Um, but if you do leave a review, go and read the last one I got on iTunes on Apple because it's the best review ever. I think it describes this podcast as the best CPD out there or something like that. So, yes, uh, five-star reviews, always welcome. Thanks again, Robin. Much appreciated. Cheers, Terry. So, big thank you to Robin Bates. Uh, as you heard during the show, Robin has been someone that has been a big advocate, a big supporter of mine since day one. Previous guest on the show, Nick Oaks, often talks about having a cheerleader, about how everyone needs at least one cheerleader to keep them going. Uh, and Robin has been mine. So it's always a pleasure to have him on. I aim, aim to have him back on again to talk through different stuff because he's an absolute fountain of knowledge and a wonderful human being. But that's enough of the loving. If you want to check out more Robin, as you mentioned, coachingforgeeks.com. Easy enough to search for. You can find the link in the show notes. If you are enjoying these episodes, make sure that you are... But as always, time for another Terry's tip. And today is another recommendation. And I'm going back to something I said in the show. It's the book I mentioned by Rob Moore called Start Now, Get Perfect Later. Now, I'm a big fan of reading, but this is one of the ones I actually recommend on as an audiobook version. By all means, go and read it as well, or instead... But audiobooks, start now, get perfect layer. It really drums into the idea of that it doesn't have to be perfect to begin with. It just has to be you and it has to be yours. And if you can get started, then you can develop and you can grow and you can improve much like you've seen me do with this show and much like you heard us talk about today. So that's the book, Start Now, Get Perfect Later by Rob Moore. And if you are enjoying these shows and you want even more of this quality, then make sure you go and check out the Instructor Podcast Premium. Over there, you find all kinds of bonus shows, including things on the standards check and how to improve your driving school business. And you get access to me and a whole host of other discounts, including Client Set of Learning, Go Roadie, and the ADI and PDI Doctor. So go and check out the instructorpodcast.com. You can sign up through links over there, or feel free to drop me a message and I'll happily answer any questions. But for now, have an amazing day. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.